0: On this episode, we discuss Google Stadia having issues with their flagship hardware, there's a rumor of a brand new Rockstar game, and SP's pre-ordering a Cybertruck. Plus, Chris has another edition of Chris Tabs That App. This week, he discusses killing humanity. This and more in this
1: week's show. I'm Chris from Play Comics, a show where we look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material. A part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other astonishingly geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com.
2: This is the official GunnaGeek.com show. Each week, we run down the latest news and happenings in the world of geek. These are your hosts for the show Stephen, Chris, and SP.
0: Welcome to episode 311 of the official show for you Americans. This is Thanksgiving weekend, and I am pleased to say that the full crew is here. That's right. It's the kickoff to Christmas. Chris Farrell is here because he loves Christmas because Chris is in his name.
3: Christmas season does not start until after Thanksgiving. Put your Christmas decorations away, folks. It's turkey time. Not Christmas time.
0: But see, here's the thing, though, is that by the time this show is released, the posted version, that will be factually true that right now it's Christmas time. Mm-hmm.
3: The people watching live get to experience it in the way I intended the feeling to be spread across, which is put your damn Christmas decorations away until after Thanksgiving.
0: Do you know that all that I heard from that statement right now is is you're holding the iPhone wrong. That's the only thing that I heard right there was you conjuring up some form of your personal reality. That's all that I heard.
3: It sounds to me like you're buying into the marketing hype where you could have bought Christmas decorations two months ago at friggin' Target. If I was <laughs> in Target yesterday. They had Valentine's Day candy out already.
0: You know what? Ridiculous. Uh, that's, that's okay because it's never, never too soon to try to convince somebody that they love you. That's I'm still working on it with my wife. I'm almost there. I'm mm. also pleased to say that SP's here this week. <laughs>
1: Wow, you guys keep rolling in and I have no chance to talk whatsoever. So let's go through these A to B here. So first of all, Christmas season decorations outside are okay. Around Columbus Day, you still have to mow around stuff or collect leaves or whatever because it saves you from killing yourself on the roof when it gets icy in a month. So I'm okay with that. I'm, And this is because I've actually fallen off the roof before. So I'm well, okay with that.
3: Clarification, please. This is things that would be lit up, but are not turned on, correct? Or are we well, talking I mean, you about mean, like,
1: You have to turn them on just to make sure that they work, but you don't mm. turn them on every night.
3: So this is not you putting like your, your reindeer up on the roof that are like
1: replicas, <laughs> not necessarily illuminated things. I almost bought replica reindeer this year and they would have been on the roof. But I didn't. But no, it's not time yet. (laughs) You know
0: what, though? Here's the thing is maybe for you Americans, but we're long past Thanksgiving here. So it is full swing here. People got their lights on. Everybody is celebrating. And I will have you know that while I am one of them, my entire Christmas display is not put up yet.
1: All right. So another thing he mentioned that the stores have been... Flush with stuff for a couple of months now and I will just say that I bought a $300 yard ornament on sale for less than $100 so I'm okay with the early sales
0: so again uh, that's all I'm hearing is Chris manipulating reality to suit his own personal Grinchville
1: third I will say that if anybody has Valentine's crap out right now they are totally wrong <laughs>
0: You know, Costco's already got Halloween, right?
1: They <laughs> <laughs> just said take it down.
0: <laughs> okay, so we've all established that at some point this week the official Christmas season will kick off at some point this week. We're, we're recording this on November twenty fifth, twenty nineteen. And again, in Canada it's long it's long started because Thanks real Thanksgiving happens in October.
1: Okay, so we talked about this offline, but there is something that I discovered is that the biggest shopping day in the world is not Black Friday, although that is gaining traction in Europe and other places. The biggest shopping day in the world is November 11th, which we call Veterans Day in the United States. You call it Remembrance Day in Canada, but worldwide they call it Singles Day and it is one heck of a doozy of a shop. It eclipses Black Friday multiple times over. Yeah, it's true.
0: I was surprised when you sent that to me, to be honest. And um, it makes sense once you analyze it. It totally makes sense. But we're not here to talk about Christmas, contrary to one of us, <coughs> Chris Farrell, wearing a Christmas shirt. Uh, we are here to it's talk about Christmas shirt. Uh, about, about, it's not uh, Christmas shirt. Uh, I, Chris, I mean, Chris is it's in the kinda, red. Well,
1: it's, it, it's maroon. So he's wearing a University of Minnesota Golden Gopher shirt.
0: Fair enough. Okay, I stand corrected.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. you can't
0: wait oh, really right back. Yeah.
3: <laughs> gotta pick one or the other but i'm just gonna take my shirt off it'll be better that <laughs> way <laughs> we, we are here to
0: talk geeky stuff and sp was away last week sp you were away last week and we had a chance to talk about a couple of interesting geeky items that we might come back to a little bit later as we talked about your news point but i did want to mention right now that uh SP, a couple weeks ago, I had blindly tossed it to you to talk about a certain space news point, and I want to come here and apologize for blind tossing to you, because usually you got all the information on there, and it was very, very blind of me to do that, so I apologize, SP.
1: Wow. Chris, have we ever received a blind tossed apology before?
3: This isn't real. This is because someone somewhere got mad at Stephen, and it wasn't one of us. Mm-mm. And he he's, did your wife watch and get mad at your blind tossing? Is that what happened? She's like, blind toss, Papa, you got to stop this.
0: All right, let's kick it off with some stadia news. This is something else that is much deserving of an apology. Wait, did I say that? Wow. I did say that. For those of you not familiar, Google Stadia is a program. I'm calling it a program now. That is a cloud-based gaming service. The idea being, all you need is a Chromecast Ultra, a controller, or your phone. And you can go ahead and play Stadia. Well, we talked about it last week that there's limited games that were coming out and I had a a pre-order in for it. Well, the news has been very very popular with people saying how terrible stadia is and it is full of problems people are having issues and a lot of people are essentially citing it as a paid beta (laughs) is what it comes down to and after reading all of this i actually i'll start off right right away and say i returned mine unopened Uh, as soon as i got it i boxed it back up with the rma label and i sent it on in because i just don't feel like paying for that and you know, I, again, I was thinking about getting a Chromecast. I was thinking about it, and I still decided that I was going to just send this on back, give up my unique username, and and it's all gone now.
3: So what you're saying is you don't have an informed opinion of your own about how well the service works because you haven't tried it.
0: You're absolutely right, and I can live comfortably <laughs> with that because it's, it's in the mail. It's gone. It's gone.
3: That, but, Steven, that was the right decision. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's get to the actual news point, though. One of the things that has recently come out as of a couple days ago is that there are many, many users reporting that Google Stadia is crashing the Chromecast Ultra. There are several gamers that have reported through a variety of different places that they've been in the middle of playing games when all of a sudden the Chromecast died and it was highly overheated. One user was quoted as saying, I was in the middle of a fight in Destiny 2 when suddenly my Chromecast died and lost connectivity to the network. I went to unplug it from the power and it was extremely hot. And there was another user cited as well. It said, mine has overheated and shut off twice. Google has told CNN, who is where I took this news article from, that they will happily work with users to understand their particular experience better, end quote. Reason I wanted to specifically talk about this uh, amongst all of the other Stadia problems is because I can't believe I didn't think of this. My Chromecast Generation 2 has restarted on me a couple different times when it has been high def content of some form. My Chromecast 1 never had a problem. I have had intermittent issues with my Chromecast version 2 where it would restart and it was a little bit warm. I can't believe I didn't think about this potential when we have talked about Stadia all this time, because as far as I was concerned, the smaller form factor one was quite, quite unreliable in my experience. And I don't know why I gave the Ultra a better benefit of the doubt, maybe because of better hardware. I hope they can get this fixed, but if the Chromecast Ultra is their flagship piece of hardware to use on a television and it is actually crashing for some users, this is not a good situation. And I'm not surprised because one of the things when I was still thinking about keeping the Stadia was I was looking forward to seeing how high I could make my bandwidth go because of how much data apparently comes through some of these Stadia games. And or that's a does lot. Does of- it? It's a lot of a lot of data coming through uh, Chromecast. So anyways, I'm very interested to see, Chris, now that we've had a week come and go and there's been lots of reviews out there. Uh, what's your thoughts on this crashing issue and some of the
3: other things? It's just one of many issues that we presumably have with it. I think, I can't remember if I touched on it here or somewhere else, but a lot of things that were promised for Stadia at launch, we're not necessarily getting, and There's some question as whether we're actually getting 4K visuals, because remember, one of their promises had been, hey, we're going to have native 4K on everything. And some of the reviewers started taking Destiny 2, which was the free game that launched with Stadia, and comparing what they're seeing via Stadia to what you'd see on a PS4, an Xbox One X. And it was stunningly different and not necessarily in Stadia's favor. So it seems like Uh, Digital Foundry did some reviews. They said it was getting somewhere between 1080p to 1440p rendering that they're getting out of it. Not necessarily the 4K that was promised. I don't think we're there yet. The technology is promising. There's a lot of cool stuff that's being done with it. It's just not ready for what was promised. And I think had Google better sold what they are going to deliver at launch versus what they want to have as an end state, it would be less disappointing. But to say that you're paying to be part of a beta, I think you're pretty much on the right path there. It doesn't seem like it's fully polished and ready. And honestly, I, I will fully uh, disclaim right here I have not played anything on Stadia yet. I did not pre order it, I didn't play it, but I've been reading a lot of content, been watching some different reviews on YouTube, and I have used Project X Cloud for Microsoft. X Cloud seems like the better experience so far. Now, that's not to say they're completely equivalent. X Cloud's not trying to render 4K on my tv or my computer it's pushing 1080p or slightly higher to my cell phone letting me play but it seems like it's been a better experience and maybe just maybe microsoft's kind of ahead here when it comes to the cloud gaming and remember sony's been doing the playstation now so it's not new not novel for my for google rather it's just they're a big name and everyone expected a lot out of them and I think the real review of Stadia comes six months from now to see what they do with it after launch and to see how it recovers and how people continue playing with it.
0: That's exactly why I sent it back because like, I really feel like they launched with a inferior product that doesn't give people a lot of reason to like what they bought uh, be- because there's just not a lot of offering. And so I personally wanted to send it back sealed because not that they really are going to see my individual order. But in the grand scheme of things, if they're getting a whole bunch of these returned sealed up, then that goes to show that they they really missed the mark on the launch. And so I, I personally want to wait and see. I'm not saying I won't own it eventually. Uh, to be honest, I also question whether the good founders deal is going to be that good. With the way it's launched, I can't help but think there's going to be an even better deal coming eventually because they're going to want to try to entice people if they want to keep this service going.
3: You Uh, know, you're not wrong there. That would be a way to try and get people back in is be like, hey, we're doing this new uh, version 2.0 launch or whatever, where you can get the controller uh, Chromecast Ultra and five months of service or six months of service for, say, 60 bucks or something like that. That would be an interesting play. It would be a loss leader for sure, but it's Google. They could afford to lose a little money to try and get people back in, and then buying things via Stadia.
0: If you didn't know this, we stream the show live on Mondays at 8.45 p.m. Eastern at www.geeks.live where we have a live chat room. And in the live chat room, Albert Sims brings up an excellent point as well. He goes with Google's track record, they will cancel it next year. So obviously you can't say for sure, but Google does have a history of canceling projects that failed. And unless they can entice people to come in, like this looks like a failure from the start, like more so than all of those 3,000 social media sites that they've made over the years.
1: So, usually, the Google graveyard rever- refers to software or digital things. This is literally graveyard hardware, which is going to end up right next to the ET cartridges in New Mexico.
0: You know, I was about to try to reach behind my backdrop and grab my Google Daydream, but it's behind a few other boxes upstairs. (laughs) So, So it's not the first time Google has had failure with hardware. Now, I would argue that Daydream launched a heck of a lot better than Stadia did. There was a lot of really favorable reviews when Daydream came out.
3: So here's the silver lining to this cloud, though is if you bought the founders pack you get a Chromecast Ultra that's great you can use that for a variety of other things watching YouTube Netflix any other content we've talked Chromecast nauseum on here but the controller you get from what i can tell you can still use it as a controller on say your PC and other things like that just plug it in your computer like you would an Xbox controller and you've got a USB controller to play games with so even if the Stadia service were to die tomorrow you've got a by all accounts, pretty good hardware. The hardware behind the Stadia controller is pretty good. Everyone's giving it really good reviews. Like, hey, this is a solid controller. I like it. So you have a controller and a Chromecast. Eh, Not terrible for the price you had to pay.
0: And you also have the $12 a month that you're paying for the Stadia service that went into the pits. Fair. (laughs) I I just, I really hope for more. I, I honestly, even though the early reviews were a little bit questionable when we talked about this last week I was really hoping once it actually released that they there was a lot of reviewers that weren't giving it the benefit of the doubt but there were so many just average joes that were hating it too and having issues like this so if that's why I sent it back
3: Well, let's go back in time though like six months ago when this was announced and I'm not trying to be a google apologist here playing devil's advocate a lot of what we talked about was saying a lot of these things sound really cool We're not sure how many of these things are going to be able to do right away. But if this is their vision of the future, it's a cool vision. So I still think we're at that point right now where we're trying to see what Google can do to get to the point of creating this gaming world they envisioned in Stadia. And they may never make it. I don't think that's the case. I honestly think what happened is they thought they'd be able to deliver most, if not all of that, for launch. And they didn't. Instead of taking the black eye of pushing off the launch a little bit, they launched and took that black eye, and I'm not sure which one's worse. I still think there's an interesting premise here. Otherwise, you wouldn't see other companies like Sony and Microsoft exploring this and trying to see what they can do for cloud based gaming. And with the Google horsepower behind it, I think it still has a chance long term. I think they're going to have a bigger hill to surmount, though, because they've got to get over the distaste of the original launch. And there's a lot of people that are going to jump on everything that's wrong with this and proclaim that Stadia is dead on arrival. And I don't think that's the case. I just think it's not ready for what it was supposed to be.
0: Okay, so SP, last thoughts on this, because you have been the quieter one on this, but uh, you also, I know, are the one that games the most out of all of us.
1: (laughs) I'm probably the one that wants to game the most out of all of us, but probably games the least. And I still have to get through games on the Xbox Xbox 360 Xbox one. So, yeah, I wasn't really into stadia unless there was some mind blowing game that was going to be on there, which isn't the uh, other problem. <laughs> yeah, which I'm fine with it going. And also this kind of gives credence to why it takes so long coming up with the new console out of Sony or Microsoft because they got to get through these issues before they release it to the public and get a huge black eye or two from it
0: agreed before we move on to the next news point here i did run a poll on geeks.live if you didn't know this well we do stream live we also tend to run polls i had asked if the live audience was ever interested in Google Stadia. 17% said yes. And I still do have interest. 17% said yes, but not anymore. 67% said they never had any interest in Google Stadia. Moving on to the next news point here. What's going on out of Rockstar? Is this the Rockstar energy drink?
3: Yes, of course. Rockstar energy drink. No, no, no. We're talking about Rockstar Games. For those of you that are familiar with some of their games, those would be, I don't know, Red Dead Redemption 1 and 2, the entire GTA series, Bully, a bunch of other things I'm not thinking of. Rockstar's kind of got a reputation of building giant world games that are fairly engrossing that give you a fairly good level of freedom to do what you want. Well, there are rumors floating around about what Rockstar's next game might be, and they just dropped Red Dead Redemption 2 most recently, A lot of people have been thinking, oh, GTA 6 they're working on. Or finally a sequel to Bully because Bully came out in I think the mid-2000s. Pretty popular game, no sequel yet. Well, the rumor says no, they're not going back to the well for any of their original properties. They're going to build a whole new property, an open world game set in a medieval era. Interesting. According to this rumor, the source they received this information from has been correct about GTA Online and Red Dead Redemption 2 information in the past So they're relatively confident that this source is both credible and trustworthy. The rumor alleges the open world medieval game will be released sometime in Q1 2021, or at least that's what Rockstar Games is currently aiming for. Now let's be fair, Rockstar generally holds onto a game until they think it's ready. And when they release it, it's still buggy as all hell, but it's not as bad as it could have been. Just talk about some of the original GTA 5 PC issues supposedly Rockstar is very close to making an announcement on when this game is going to come out. Now, we don't know a ton more. That's where it gets interesting. The details seem to dry up. The only other thing that's mentioned in this game is there's going to be an emphasis on swordsmanship in dueling, something that kind of makes sense if you're going to a medieval era for a game. So it sounds fascinating, and it's Rockstar. They kind of march to the beat of their own drum. I think it could be kind of interesting if they're pursuing something all new, something original. Like, my wife loves Red Dead Redemption. I'm not a huge Western fan, but she loves that game. I love the GTA games because it's set in a more modern setting. And then there's just the ridiculous over the topness of the different heists you pull, stealing helicopters, blowing random things up, or just bebopping around the city being a fool. There's so many different things you can do. And if Rockstar does something like this in a medieval era, I'm intrigued. That being said, it's a rumor and it's on the internet. So let's take it with a massive grain of salt. Now, we don't personally know who this source is. The person who has met with them seems to vet them and say, oh, they know what they're talking about. But there's no guarantee they're right. It gets a little interesting because this is a rumor we keep seeing off and on is that Rockstar is going to pursue a game set in a medieval time frame. The real question is, is there smoke where there's fire? Or is this a case of one rumor is building off of another because they want to get internet famous for breaking the story and Rockstar comes out and says six months and surprises with something that has nothing to do With this medieval game. As interesting as I think it would be. My guess is they're probably. Still leaning towards something like GTA 6. Because that's the bigger money maker. There's not much risk there. But playing devil's advocate on my own argument. They just dropped Red Dead Redemption 2. And they're rolling in cash. So now is the chance to try and do something different. With a medieval open world game. So cautious optimism. As to where they're going with this. The question I have for you guys. Would you play a game. With that rock star flavor of it, set in medieval Europe, we were going around dueling and sword fighting people.
0: Of course I would, because there is so much effort that these actors and actresses do as they rehearse the movement, as they get to know everything, as they make sure that the performance that they're going to set... Oh, sorry, you said that this was about the Medieval Times family dinner performances. That's what you said, right? It's a game about being an actor I for that. Is, that, is that what you
3: said? I see where I should have seen this coming. Oh, did I mishear you? Oh. how much is Medieval Times paying us for this for this plug? Because <laughs> I want 50% of it.
1: <gasps> I don't know. If I if I could take my power armor into this game, then yeah, sure. Why not? I'll do it. It's got to be power armor, power armor from like Halo. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that type of thing. It, it's not just exclusive to Halo, but yeah, it's, powered armor.
3: So you want, okay, this could be kind of cool. Then if you did something medieval based for your time traveler from the future, trying to fix the timeline and you kind of yeah. have to blend in. But occasionally it's like, oh, hell with this. Let me bust out the power armor and deal with these
1: chumps. That'd think be cool. final countdown and you actually get to act on it. Sorry, I just had a song pop up in my head that I can't
3: say or we'll get a takedown notice. But I have no idea what you're talking I was, about.
1: I was referring to the film, The Final Countdown, which does have that song in it, but it, yeah, that, I was referring to the film.
0: What? What? Sorry. <laughs> no. Uh, nope, No. Nope, nope, I was nope, coughing. Nope. It was a sneeze. It was a sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have to say I can't answer whether or not I would play a game, but if Rockstar was going to make a game like this i feel like it would have merit for thinking it'll be enjoyable because they they have it even though they got bugs and things like that generally if they focus their efforts on something it ends up being being an enjoyment and some level and so i think that i could i could find something interesting with that said i'm with you i think that this is bs i think that i think they're working on gta <laughs> that's my thoughts
3: See, I thought that at first, and I started talking myself out of it as we were talking about it, just because of how much bank they've made off of Red Dead Redemption 2.
0: Well, we'll see. Uh, In the chat, I did ask whether or not people have ever played GTA or Bully, only because those were the two that you had mentioned segueing into this. And I figured, let's just ask those two there. And we had 20% say yes, GTA. 20% say yes, both. And 60% said neither. So there you go. Maybe they're all waiting for this Medieval Times family restaurant dinner theater game.
3: If we're not getting paid, don't plug them, Stephen. <laughs> they better at least give us complimentary seats next time we're there for the Gunna Geek uh, presidents and vice presidents meeting. We have it at Medieval Times every two years. We sit on a table on the floor for the Knights of the Medieval Gunna Geek round table. I lost it. Sorry.
0: What? One of their 10 locations, such as in Orlando?
3: Yes, when we then go to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and buy lightsabers and duel. Or the locations
0: the in Toronto, Phoenix, Atlanta, Baltimore. Okay, I won't do that. <laughs> Moving on to the next <laughs> news point here. This one uh, we should have seen coming a mile away. For those of you that didn't check out last week's episode, you may have missed the fact that Suncast was on here in place of SP last week, and we were all talking about the Ford Mustang E vehicle that was released
3: deputy director suncast have respect for the title
0: fair enough deputy director suncast was on here and we were talking about that and we were all scratching our heads a little bit at the design saying that doesn't look like a mustang that that <laughs> that design is questionable and during the conversation listening back to the show chris farrell even made a comment about tesla going to have a truck coming out
1: in the next month, in the next or month so. or so, yeah. I think
0: is what he said. And then we continued to go on about the looks and the visual of the Mustang. Well, I have reversed course and said it, it's very, very, very normal compared to something that something that <laughs> SP is about to talk about.
1: Yeah. So I kind of wanted to skip over the fact that Tesla announced the Cybertruck and just go directly to the fact that it's already seen as of a couple of days ago. 200,000 pre-orders for the Cybertruck since its reveal, and this was via an article on CNN by Shannon Lau. And so Elon Musk, he reimagined the electronic version of the pickup truck, and he called it the Cybertruck, and it has captured a tremendous amount of internet attention. A lot of memes out there. Fun, actually. And some pre-orders, although the truck itself in its bottom-end version won't hit the roads until 2021. Uh, The billionaire Elon Musk tweeted Sunday that 200,000 orders of the futuristic vehicle are in so far just three days after it was unveiled to a mixed response. Musk also emphasized that people pre-ordering seemed to be going for the more expensive option. He said that 41% of the orders are for the triple-mortar all-wheel drive that starts at 69000 $900, and that's US, as opposed to the single motor rear wheel drive that starts at $39,900. Now, the Cybertruck's exterior is made from a newly developed stainless steel alloy, which is the same metal that is used on the SpaceX rockets. That alloy enables the car to be literally bulletproof against at least smaller firearms, including a nine millimeter handgun, but it also allows for an exoskeleton start of construction versus a frame construction. So, guys, I went to the website, and I just haven't clicked pre-order yet, although I am going to pre-order one, and I just don't know which one it is going to be. I know I want the 500-mile range, $69,000 version. With three engines. Yes, the the tri-motor. right. And for those that don't know, I'm big into tri-heads on motors. The 1965 Pontiac GTO had a tri-head on it. So yeah, I'm all over this. This is great. And yes, I realize that the looks are completely futuristic, but I'm okay with that because this is a Cybertruck. I was waiting to buy a cyber or an electric vehicle until it was all wheel drive and I could carry and tow with it. Well, this is it. And I am all in. It's just a matter of what version I am going to get. And also, if I get the tri-motor one, I won't get it until 2022. So that's three years from now. So I will say, Chris, if you get the Mach-E and we wait until 2022 and I get the tri-motor Cybertruck that my Cybertruck will beat yours in the zero to 60 and in range. Well, yes. And I wasn't planning on getting a Mach-E just
3: for clarification's sake. If I was getting any electric car, I was leaning towards one of the Teslas. Probably not the Cybertruck because I don't have a need, but the Cybertruck's fascinating. The price point's compelling coming in for the, the entry-level model at $40,000. That That's a compelling price for a truck like that. That's got 16 inches of ground clearance, all of that space the ability to plug things up in the back of the truck and charge them. Realistically, I think most people would be more benefited by getting the dual motor one, which I think is $49,000. But again, for a truck, not a terrible price. It's interesting. I'm fascinated by Tesla stuff. Full disclosure there. I read a lot about it. I was leaning towards trying to get a Tesla of my own. I did not because I just couldn't make the money work. It didn't make sense in the area I live in. A 500 mile range truck that is that big that can hold six people. It's fascinating and intriguing to me. The stainless steel frame also fascinating, but now I'm here to rain on the parade a little bit. There's some things that we should be aware of as consumers here. One side view mirrors. Their prototype didn't show any technically it's not legal yet to not have side view mirrors in the United States, as far as I can tell. So they need to figure out what they're going to do there. They are That's petitioning fix. Yes. Yes. They are petitioning though to be able to do camera-based stuff, them, BMW, and a few other car manufacturers. So depending on how that goes over the next couple of years, they might have just camera-based stuff. That's what's fascinating on Cybertruck is the rear view mirror on that is effectively your camera because when you have the truck bed covered, you can't see out the back window. When the truck bed is uncovered, you can see out the back window. I thought it was an interesting look. But here's where I'm actually going to rain on the parade the most, but also credit Elon Musk. The fact they've had, what, 200,000 pre-orders in less than a week? Without any
1: advertising whatsoever. Correct.
3: But that's because this is their advertising. Because the pre-order deposit you had to put down was, what, 100 bucks. Yeah. It's fully refundable. That's what they did here. It's anyone who was like, I might want that and I have time to decide. Here's how I get in line by putting $100 down that I get back. Brilliant from a marketing perspective. Because Elon Musk and Tesla can come out there and be like, we've had 200,000 pre-orders. There's a ton of interest in this. But that's because a lot of people go, I might be interested in this. Let me put off making the decision until closer to it because I get my money back. You're effectively giving Tesla an interest-free loan in that case because you'll get your $100 back. They can use it for other things, potentially pay you back later. I think if half the people who pre-order now end up keeping their pre-order, that's awesome. But what he's done here is instead of paying for commercials, paying to advertise, it's he did this cool press event that a lot of internet people like ourselves watched. It went, okay, that's fascinating. People then pre-ordered, talked about it on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. It went viral. Everyone started talking about it and it spread from there. So well done to them in that regard. But I hesitate to read too much into that 200,000 mark as being
1: as significant as some people portray it. A lot of diehard truck people are interested in this. So it's not just internet people. This is diehard Truck people, people that actually do work that need this truck for play or work or whatever. Mm. I mean, in order to pull a big boat, you need a big truck. And I did not see an electric vehicle with range and the towing capacity to come out anytime soon. This breaks the barrier and I am glad of it. Yes, agreed. If I do get the tri motor one, then that gives a whole year, probably two years of going through the initial vehicle, you know, gremlins that come out in the initial production stuff. So I'm okay with waiting until 2022, 2023 to pick up a truck.
3: And one other thing for people to keep in mind if they are considering pre-ordering or for any other Tesla is what you see there is the base price they've quoted for these different options. If you want to add things on, like say the different wheels, that's extra. But more importantly, what's really fascinating on these Tesla vehicles is all the tech that's in them. If you want autopilot, well, excuse me, if you want full self-driving mode, which is like their advanced autopilot and stuff like that, that's another seven grand on top of the price. So keep that in mind as you guys are budgeting out saying, I'm going to buy a truck in two or three years from Tesla, just because it's quoted as being a $60,000 truck. If you want all the cool bells and whistles, you need to buy it then because it gets more expensive. And in fact, they just recently upped the price on full self-driving. It was I think $5,000 and they upped it to 7,000 and it's software updatable. So you basically just pay the money and they push it to your vehicle. So don't be shocked if full self-driving keeps going up a bit as we get closer and closer to the release of these things. It's just one thing to keep in mind that it's not necessarily a hidden cost, but it's a cost you don't consider when you see the sticker price for the Tesla vehicles.
0: So I'm with you on the whole concept of the pre-orders not being as big big of a deal as they think. And there is an important thing for us to remember here is that this is a very very big difference from everything that we know as a vehicle. I personally kind of want one even though I know that I won't be able to get one at this stage of my life. However, I think that it's 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 a very questionable design and I'll actually say that I think it's actually kind of ugly, but I still kind of want one because I like that different that there's like out there look. But objectively, I actually think, like, personally, I I don't know that I I like the look, even though I want the look. The thing that we need to remember here is Ford announced earlier this year they are working on an electric F-150. And there is going to be a large portion of people that that SP is absolutely correct. They put in on this the $100 because they're truck people. They need a truck. They want a truck. They want an electric truck. And this is now available to them it's the first product if all of a sudden a ford f-150 comes out at a comparable price a little bit less maybe people some of those truck people who maybe own ford f-150 as as it is might go you know what this is this is more neutral this is more normal i'm not afraid people are going to start taking their bat to this in the middle of a parking lot trying to break it
3: what's a bat going to do to it though
0: well the problem is though that People are going to go and they're going to start swinging at these things everywhere just to try to prove it it can't be dented or whatever. And I don't want people doing that to my vehicle. But anyways, that's beside the point. And there might just be people who just feel a little more comfortable with that traditional design. And if Ford pulls off a F-150 that can tow what an F-150 can, how many people own an F-150? Even though personally, I have a lot of negative things to say about the F-150. A lot of people like the F-150. And so I think you might find that those people will suddenly pull their Tesla pre-orders. So I'm with Chris on this. I think the pre-order isn't as substantial as it is. And I think I think you nailed it. If half of them are there, I think that that's, that's a win.
3: So it will be fascinating also to see. Uh, there's another competitor out there called Rivian, I believe is mm-hmm. the name of it, that is also making an electric truck that is much more traditional looking that will arguably beat tesla to market and if i recall correctly amazon was involved in some way shape or form with them i can't remember exactly what that was so we are starting to see that shift of hey trucks might be the next big frontier for us to approach and elon musk had also said in some interviews if the style of Cybertruck didn't appeal to people they might have to consider making a more traditionally styled truck i i, I don't know if Cybertruck is going to be considered a success or a failure in the long run i know a lot of uh Stock market experts right now are trying to say that it's not as not a success that's daunting because Tesla's price uh, market price took a dump after this event, but I think that's people just reading way
1: too much into things. Time to buy stock in Tesla, man. Yep, you get it what on I would sale. Say.
3: Now, bear in mind we are not a uh, Wall Street experts here. This is just unfiltered opinions from three dudes who just read a bunch of stuff and are fascinated by tech. So if you invest and then lose a bunch of money, don't blame us.
0: Again, again, like I said, I actually, my gut tells me I want one of these. If I knew that I could secure this financially and pay for it and, and not be poor, I, I probably could see myself doing the pre-order. Uh, I'm a little more cautious, though, with this sort of thing. But again, I think it's ugly. I still want one.
1: <laughs> I'm going to get one. I don't care what you all say. I uh, Yes, no. I get people don't like the looks of it, but uh, it's Tesla. It's tried and true. He doesn't put out crap. And I'm looking forward to the capabilities that are on it. Do I care about the acceleration? No, I really care about the range and the towing capacity. And as far as Ford goes, I've owned one before. I've owned a Ford F-150 4x4 lifted. I will never own another Ford again in my life.
0: And as I mentioned, I I said, I said, I personally don't like Ford F-150s. I I personally don't like many
1: Ford vehicles, the
0: F-150 specifically, However, there are a ton of people that do. These These things are everywhere. And so that's the
1: best-selling truck in America. And I don't know if that includes Canada or not.
0: That's what I mean. That's what I mean. So some of those people might lose the pre-order. And again, I want to make it clear. I'm not poo-pooing on your pre-order by any means. Because I, I even though I really want to say that it's a beautiful design, I can't bring myself to say that. I lean the other way. I still like the damn thing. And it's unique. And it's so cool. And I, I would love to, to have this parked somewhere.
1: All the I memes think- that are trying to make fun of it in and equate it to other vehicles that I've I, I want like the Blade Runner stuff. I'd want the Blade Runner cars, like the Halo vehicle. I want the Halo vehicle, like the Damnation Alley vehicle. That movie scared the crap out of me. But yeah, it was a TV made for TV World War Three movie. But yeah, I was intrigued with that truck. Yes. So I'm in on this, maybe because I'm a sci-fi geek and I like what this was modeled after, but I also like the capabilities and I don't think anybody else is going to have capabilities like this, at least not for the next five to 10 years.
3: Tesla's competitive advantage will continue to be the supercharger network. That's what makes the difference there. As is you've got a guaranteed place. You can always go and quickly charge your vehicles. Now, in regards to this vehicle, for me, it's more, it's more vehicle than I need. I don't need a truck that big. I don't really need a truck. So I can look at it, be fascinated by it, and I know I'm probably never going to get it because I wouldn't have a need for it. It would be overkill, but I'm intrigued by those who do get one. I would love to drive one. I'd love to drool over one. And I honestly would love to see one of these in matte black instead of a stainless steel. I think that would be a sexy color.
1: Uh, yeah, the color options are limited, but then I go to the De- DeLorean and I'm like, I'm fine. Back to the future with a truck. I'm good. So are you going to put a flux capacitor in the back of your Tesla? Why not? Truck? You know, people are. So at Geeks.Live,
0: I said, what do you think of the Tesla Cybertruck? And the, the answers that were possible were, I like it. I want to get one. I like it. I won't get one. I'm indifferent. I don't like it, but still kind of want to get one. I don't like it. i never get one or it should die before it's even made. <laughs> and we had 25% of the votes say, I like it. I want to get one. 25% hmm. say it should die before it's even made. And the rest sat with I being indifferent. Again, I kind of want one. I I, I do want one. I do want one. And I love the uniqueness because it is so cool. However, mark my words, you will have people hitting these things, trying to break things, throwing steel balls against windows. It's going to happen because that's how they presented it.
3: That's what sentry mode's for. And then you can prosecute them
1: to the fullest extent of the law. Or you get the halo variant with the weapons pack that comes out the back. Oh, and geez. stun the crap out of them.
3: Get the gauss cannon on the back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and
0: lastly, let's just quickly move on to the extra extra here. Before we go to Chris taps that app, there's more Windows 10 happenings. I know what you're saying, Chris. You're like, wait, they're all good things again.
1: What? <laughs> That's
0: right. No, if you use a vast antivirus or AVG antivirus, you may may want to make sure that you have an updated version because Microsoft has blocked upgrades for Windows 10 versions 1909 and 1903 for those users who are using AVG and the vast 19.5.4444.567 or earlier. Now, if you didn't know that, I think it was AVG was sold to Avast or the reverse a couple of years ago, but they have confirmed to safeguard, quote, you, uh, the upgrade experience. They have put a hold on users who are using that version of AVG or Avast or earlier. So you want to make sure you've got that up to date, because if you don't, you're not getting your Windows updates. And let's be honest. You probably want your Windows updates once they stop breaking your computer.
3: Or changing my default sound settings so that my OBS doesn't work when I go to broadcast a podcast. I would just settle for them not undoing everything I configure with a Windows update.
0: Whoa, that's asking a lot. It's not like they had decades of experience of not doing that.
1: I think they're doing it intentionally. I I think I, I think we can go get over the they don't give a crap or they just don't know what they're doing, to now they are doing it intentionally because they hate the little creator out there, the independent creator, and they just want to make their lives miserable. That's what's going on here.
0: Sure, I won't argue with that. Let's go ahead and move on to Chris Taps That App.
2: While you may know Chris loves phones, tablets, and other gadgets, did you know he's also a master tap dancer? it's time for him to combine the two passions in a segment he calls Chris Taps That App.
0: You know, Chris, I love this segment because you get to tell us all about these awesome apps that you run on your Windows phone.
3: That's right. I run them all on my Windows phone. But this week, we're going back and we're playing a fun game again. We're going to play a game where you get to destroy the world through genetic and germ warfare. Does that sound like fun to you guys? Do you want to help me destroy the world? Uh,
0: You know that I am right there with you whenever you want to destroy the world virtually or
3: in reality.
1: I just watched Bird Box yesterday, so I'm all in. (laughs)
3: Yeah, see? This is how it all begins, is we form a triumvirate of evil right here, and we take out the world. Medieval?
1: Time-powered armor. (laughs)
3: <laughs> in our Tesla Cybertrucks, but <laughs> well, that's not how we're taking out the world no 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 we're taking it out in a game called plague Inc. as an in incorporated what is it it is a real-time strategy simulation video game it was developed and published by a UK based independent game studio by the name of endemic creations in the game players create and evolve a pathogen in order to destroy the world with a deadly plague the game uses what is called an epidemic model with a complex and realistic set of variables to simulate the spread and severity of this plague. So yes, we're creating plagues and we're killing people. And the goal is to wipe out all of humanity on Earth. It's, it's pretty fun. And I wish I could have told you guys, oh man, this is brand new. That's why I'm only just now getting around to telling you about it. No, it's a game that's been on my iPad for longer than I can remember that I just keep going back to. And I was shocked when I went and looked and saw that Plague, Inc. came out May 26th, 2012. The app is over seven years old and I'm still playing it to this day on my phone and on my tablet. Seven-year-old game. So it is available on iOS. It's available on Android. And yes, it came out in 2012. It was available on Windows Phone. Yes. Yes. I'm sure there were a ton of people playing it there. In addition to that, you can get it on Steam for PC, Mac, and Linux. And there's also a console version entitled Plague Inc. Evolved that includes adjustments and additions to the gameplay. And if you don't want to play just the video game version of it, there's a board game version of Plague Inc. that you can buy for $35 on Amazon right now. It has 4.7 out of five stars. It's very similar to the pandemic game I wager, which I have bought and not had a chance to play with anyone yet. So it's it's kind of disappointing.
0: You just like to play alone? Is that what you're telling us? You can't
3: play it by yourself. So it's just sitting there in the box and I'm really sad about it.
0: You could try. You could like act as someone else.
1: That doesn't sound like it would be fun.
3: Like
1: the people that that play chess against each other, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they sit on one side of the table, they move a piece and then they go over to the other side of the table and they move a piece.
0: Yeah, exactly. And if there's anything that I also know about, it's how to act like you're somebody else. I do that all the time when I shave my head. I mean, put on my bald cap and uh, have flirty conversations with Chris Farrell. I do that all the time.
3: That's fair. Fair. So let's go back to Plague, Inc. It's been downloaded over 85 million times. It's been positively received by critics. In 2012, it was the runner-up in the IGN Game of the Year Awards for Overall Best Strategy Game. To this day, there's an active community, it's regularly updated, and there's all sorts of different features that keep getting put into the game. So for a seven-year-old game, lot a bang for your buck, and it's free for to play, at least on iOS, Android, and I presume Windows Phone it was also. I don't know what it costs on Steam. I did not have a chance to look. Sorry, guys.
1: You can look right now.
3: I'd have to load steam and then my computer is going to slow to a crawl because I have like 6,000 things I've got to
1: update. But <laughs> let, let's talk so a little bit more. I was going to say as uh, Steven can tap his app during mm. the time that it takes you to do all that.
3: We don't need Steven tapping his app in my segment.
1: Okay. <laughs> this is my
3: segment. I'm the captain now. <laughs> wow. That reference is way too old. <laughs> like i mentioned it's a strategy simulation game in which the player indirectly controls a plague which is in with an infected patient zero you get to choose the starting location on the globe of patient zero and it spreads from there there's a variety of different game modes and pathogens to complete the objective set and excuse me complete the objective set by game mode by evolving the plague and adapting into various environments inject a Excuse me. Objectives include, but are not limited to, infecting and killing the world's population of the palate with a pathogen, enslaving the world's population with the neurox worm, or converting the world's population into zombies with the necroa virus. However, there is time pressure to complete the game before humans, your opponent here, develop a cure for your plague. There's also kind of a stealth aspect of you want to try and spread this plague as fast and far as you can before it becomes too noticeable with symptoms, because then humans will want to start finding ways to cure it. So when you start out the game, you get only one type of plague to start with, and that's a bacteria. As you progress through the game, you unlock other plague types, such as viruses, fungi, parasites, prions, nanoviruses, and bioweapons. All of these different plague types have different traits for starting out with. For instance, the bacteria they call the most common cause of plague. It has unlimited potential, and it's the easiest to evolve. As you progress through this game, you infect more and more humans and that unlocks skill points for you to unlock new symptoms, for you to unlock new uh, robustness against environmental change, for you to unlock resistance to drugs, things like that. Everything costs points in this game. So you kind of have to make the decision early on. Do I try and make my plague as infectious as possible or do I make it infectious and start killing people as soon as possible to try and drive up my kill count? There's a bit of a strategy element there. Bacteria is the easiest to play with because it's the most common. You start getting crazy when you get into things like fungus, because then you have to try and figure out the best ways to transmit your virus because there's not a lot of great transmission vectors because it doesn't travel long distance. Parasites are especially fun because it keeps screwing with you in different ways to do it. Now, like I mentioned, all of these plague types you can unlock by playing the game and successfully defeating on the highest skill level humanity with each different plague. If you really want to get a chance at trying them all now, you can unlock the next plague on that list for 99 cents, so microtransaction. You can unlock all of your standard plagues for $2.99, or you can buy what is called a plague pack, which unlocks all the scenarios, standard plagues, and all of their expansion plagues like that zombie virus and the brainwashing virus for $15. So their business model here is We're going to give you a game you can play for free. You can unlock most of these viruses by playing for free, just investing your time. But if you enjoy the game and you want to try some of these other things, you can pay a one time fee and we'll unlock it for you. I don't find that to be a distasteful model there because you have plenty of opportunity to play the game yourself, decide whether this is something you enjoy, and then decide whether you want to make it easier on yourself to try these different viruses. You don't have to do it to experience the game in full. And in fact, a lot of these special viruses like the vampire virus and things like that, you can click a little special tab on there and they'll give you like one or two free plays of it. So you can try it for yourself and then decide whether you'd want to spend the money to unlock one of those special scenarios. I thought that was a unique way to handle things. And I find a lot of microtransactions distasteful because they just seem like they're designed to gouge money out of you. Here, I don't think they've done that. I think they've done microtransactions to make it easier for you to advance if you're impatient. And you don't have to do it. I guess that's the biggest thing that comes to mind for me. You don't have to do it. I like that a lot. So gameplay in here, like I mentioned, it's all about infecting people and spreading your virus. You evolve new symptoms, you evolve resistances. Symptoms will help you spread the disease, but it can make it more noticeable. So what do I mean by that? You could start out by making your disease have symptoms of a, a runny nose and sneezing, which seems fairly commonplace. Sneezing is a good way to help infect other people. You can then expand it onto things like nausea and vomiting, which are a bit more noticeable. People might go on, start noticing more and more people vomiting. And eventually, as you rack up different abilities, they stack and then unlock different kinds of symptoms, such as things like pulmonary embolisms, comas, organ failures. Once you start doing that, it starts killing people and people start actively researching against your disease. So if you're going to try it for yourself, my suggestion would be Start out with a bunch of things to make it as infectious as possible, rather, with no lethality. Now, easier said than done, because as you start progressing in this game, especially if you're dealing with something like a bacteria, your bacteria can randomly evolve. And then you get a trait that you go, I didn't want that. Oh, crap. And all of a sudden, this thing you've been making, a stealth build, all of a sudden has Pulmonary embolisms associated with it because you've leveled up enough stuff in that column that that's the next skill set and it randomly evolves and you have to make a decision. Do I burn my skill points to unevolve that because it might cost me 12 DNA points to do that or do I just accept it and move on to another path? And this is just symptoms and transmission vectors. You also have to start accounting for things like drug resistances and start figuring out do I spend my skill points I'm making this more drug resistant. Do I spend skill points on making it harder for people to actively research against my disease? Do I I spend skill points to put towards heat resistance or water resistance or cold resistance so I can help it spread in different environments? Eventually, you kind of have to make a decision of how am I going to primarily spread this virus? I like to do a lot of things where your pathways to spread are via water and uh, air. So if it gets on a boat, it travels to other countries and airlines with the air transmission. It's a lot of fun trying to figure out the right transmission vector and trying to figure out the right way to put your points towards it. And here's the kicker. Most of these transmission vectors you'd find to spread this have multiple level ups. So just because you level it up once doesn't mean it's going to be ultra effective. And as people start to research, your transmission vectors start to get shut down. So say for instance, you build a pathogen that's highly infectious via water. Well, they'll start closing down their shipping ports. So now, You've got something highly infectious via water, but all the shipping ports are shut down around you. So your bug's not Hmm. going to spread to anyone. So then do you burn some DNA points to evolve air transmission? Maybe, but once you do that, you might not have the points then to evolve to make it further infectious or to kill people off. It's kind of a balance of trying to figure out, what the hell do I do here to try and spread this around? So it's got some really fun strategy elements to it. And what I will say also, they have a very good tutorial that walks you through the process of, here's how you spend your points, here's how you collect DNA, here's the things you need to consider for how to transmit your virus, or your pathogen rather. It's a lot of fun, especially for a free game that is over seven years old. I've had a lot of fun with it. As I was doing my research for it, I didn't realize it was actually on PC and I went, I might have to download this on Steam and give it a try and just see how different it is. The gameplay is pretty much the same between iOS and Android. Although I will say if you're playing on your mobile phone, go into the settings and turn off the music and sound because you don't need them. It's something you can easily stealth play while you're waiting for a movie to start before the previews start or while you're waiting in line because you can easily play for five minutes, close the app and come back and pick it up again because it will save your progress as you're going. So it's a good, I've got 10 minutes to kill and need something to do. Let me work on destroying humanity kind of game.
1: I, maybe I really do enjoy it. Boring meeting at work. <laughs>
3: I would never advocate that anyone play games during work. (laughs) Never. Ever.
1: But if they work for a video game company?
3: So you're saying this is market research then?
1: That's right.
3: So Albert in the chat room is saying, I was halfway listening, is there a vaccination element? If so, everyone else gets vaccinated, does the game end? Humans work on developing a vaccine. So you're racing against the clock. As your pathogen becomes more noticeable, they start researching a cure. And they will eventually start spreading a vaccine around the world. And then you're erasing the spread of the vaccine to try and kill as many people as you can. You will not beat the game because you can't kill everyone, but you'll kill as many people as possible. And it'll give you a score based off how many people you kill, how quickly it's done, and how many people remain afterwards. So, yes, there is a vaccination element. You kind of have to judge how close they are to curing your disease. And there's a progress meter in the bottom right-hand corner that shows just how close humanity is to solving your disease and if they get close you can spend some of your skill points to shuffle your disease a little bit make it harder for people to research or to stall out their research for a little bit i've had some pretty close games where they were at about 90 percent on developing a cure until i finally hit that point where i could just start killing everyone off it was close
0: i have three things to comment on this Uh-oh. number
1: number one just three just three just three no-
0: Number 1, 16.99 Canadian in the Steam store for Play okay. Ink Evolved, 16.99 Canadian. Number 2, make up your mind. Are you killing humanity or saving humanity? Cuz last time you did tap that top that up, you were saving humanity, now you're killing it. Make up Maybe your I'm mind. Maybe
3: I'm in a different mood depending on the day of the week. Maybe like Monday, Wednesday, Friday I want to kill humanity and Tuesday, Thursday I want to save humanity. Why do you want to kill humanity on a Friday? That's party day. (laughs) Depends on how bad work is. on Friday. And the third thing that I want to say
0: is this does actually sound like a lot of fun uh, being able to choose. Is it bacteria or virus or fungus? These are all things that you'll never find at a medieval times. These are all things that you'll never find there.
1: So there are three movies in my lifetime, perhaps a fourth that scared the crap out of me. There was the day after which scared the crap out of me because, you know, it was World War III, an actual depiction of World War III, and then the radiation sickness after that. And then Damnation Alley, pretty much the same thing, although they sugar-coated a little bit. And then there was maybe a Planet of the Apes movie, kind of the same thing, but I attribute that scariness to the fact that there were apes running around talking versus, you know, what had caused it. And then the last one was Contagion. That thing scared the crap out of me. And if this game is just like that, except for you really And if you've never seen contagion and you want to see a pictorial version of what you're talking about here, there are millions and billions of people that end up dying worldwide because of a plague and uh, the video game could, could be a nice mental exercise but you know when it comes down to it you're gonna need real scientists you're gonna need the cdc and i'm not talking about the cdc and the walking dead i'm talking about real cdc science oh
0: there was a cdc in the walking dead
1: i don't i don't remember yes. this okay what? never what? mind
0: what real, was there yes it was in it was season th- one no no because i uh I, I don't what episode number was that finale the final two episodes oh wait wait no no because that's right i don't remember that at all because it stopped that season stopped right before that episode Uh, that's fair did in my mental mind
3: so i just checked it is 14.99 in the u.s steam store although it is a free download with unlockables for mobile So
0: it sounds like a fun game. And uh, again, if you're feeling indecisive or for some reason you had trouble saving humanity last time, this is the game for you this time is to kill
3: humanity. Destroy all humans, man.
0: You know, in the promo that I record, which will be weird for the audio listeners because I've heard this already, but uh, I'm totally going to say the same thing that I did last time where Chris talked about saving humanity, except I'm going to say killing humanity. So go ahead. Then you can take whatever sound bite you want however you feel on any given day. Chris Farrell, we know that you're indecisive.
1: Except around Fridays, he wants to kill all humanity.
3: Wait, wait, wasn't it Steven that was always sitting on the fence was the shtick on this show? How'd he get transitioned to me? You're now Mr. Flippy Floppy! No, that's totally you, Steven. My Flippy Floppy's on the fate of humanity, so really, you kind of want me to flip-flop on that. I'm sorry, he's Flippy
0: Floppy, because he started off wearing a christmas shirt then he switched it to a minnesota shirt i don't he's flippy floppy
1: no he had his choice whether to take and he has not decided either and the (laughs) shirt is still on so i'm just gonna call it he's a gopher fan now screw (laughs) west virginia
3: (laughs) whoa whoa (gasps) you shut your heathen mouth i'm not the one who's wearing a, a maroon shirt I'm going to go change shirts right now. Well, on that note, that's
0: going to take us to the final episode that features Chris and SP on it, because I don't think there's any coming back from that. I think they hate each other forever. So uh, one of them will probably be permanently gone next week after those those hateful words to each other. Uh, if you want to join us as the permanent third seat, don't know who it'll be with. Please get in touch with us through any of the ways you can tweet us at Guinea You can come to Guinea dot com or check us out on our server at gunnageek.com slash Discord. That is our Gunnageek Discord server. Chris Farrell, SP, now's the time where I let you plug and promote all of the things that are happening that don't involve me because we both know, or all three of us know, that anything without me is superior to things that involve me.
1: I'm going to plug and promote the other podcasts that Chris and I are on and we'll continue to be on until the show ends. And that is arrow. And the podcast is named starling tribune. We're running down the final episodes of arrow. And Oh, by the way, the big five episodes crisis on infinite earths, we will be covering episode by episode as we go through the holidays. So we will have seen all of them but we will take one hour at a time. There's five of them, three before the holidays, two after we'll go one at a time through them. That'll be awesome. And then we will shut her down and just talk about the final episodes of arrow and maybe a recap episode after that, but that's it. So Harlan tribune, if you want to get your DC CW geek on Chris and I, and Michelle will help you with that.
0: Chris Farrell. Is there anything that you would like to plug or
3: promote? Friendly reminder, we do stream a lot of content live over on Gunna Geek. If you want to watch other live content, you're probably on Geeks.live right now. It's our live page. Scroll down to the bottom of the page. There is the calendar of all of our upcoming live events. Please drop back on by for one of the other shows and tell them that the guys from the Gunna Geek show sent you.
0: And also, I just want to give a special shout out to my wonderful co hosts here. Chris and SP, we're rolling into the holiday season. And you know what that means? That means inconsistent schedules. And they have both been awesome as far as rolling with potential changes and things like that that might happen to come up as we work through different holiday events. And so I wanted to say thank you guys for being so flexible. And if you do check us out live, we will do the same thing we have every other year where we will have a couple week hiatus from the live shows. The posted version, there'll only be a one-week gap because we'll do two live streams on one night. As it currently stands, it looks like we're shaping up for December the 16th to be that day that we have two live streams. As we lock it in, we will tweet it out, Facebook it, do all these other things, but we'll probably do one early, then do one at the regular time. But just keep your eyes on our social media. But thank you very much, Chris and SP, for being so flexible as we work through that and spend time apart from each other over the holiday season.
1: <laughs> I don't think that's a bad thing at this moment.
0: <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. One of you aren't going to be here anymore. I forgot about that. Mm. For episode 311 of the official gonna geek.com show, I'm Steven John Drew saying since there's been a disagreement, let's be honest, they're both going to leave me.
1: MSP saying I am going to pre-order a Cybertruck.
3: I'm Chris Farrell, and I am, in fact, ready for the holidays here. Joke's on you, Steven. I was just waiting. To put it up until after Thanksgiving.
0: For the audio listener, Chris Farrell, he has himself a wreath. A wreath. The 8-Bit Wreath. Ooh, SPI, I look Jerry. forward to looking at your Cybertruck. Bye.